Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Active Growth Podcast. Today, we are revisiting a topic that we've touched on before, and that is a very important topic for any entrepreneur. We could summarize this topic as resistance. Here's the kind of thing I mean. As an entrepreneur, you're doing a lot of learning, and that's the reason you're listening to this podcast as well, presumably. So you're listening to podcasts, you're reading business books, you're reading blog posts and so on. You're trying to learn this entrepreneurial skill. And now pay attention to or think about what happens when you encounter some advice that you want to implement. So maybe you read about some strategy, some technique, something that you think, yes, this makes sense for my business. I want to implement this. This is going to help me. Basically, one of two things is going to happen. We could think of useful, implementable advice in two categories. The first category is the kind of thing where you go ahead and do it. And the second category is the kind of thing where you go ahead and don't do it. So you want to do it and you could do it if you think about it. It's like, yes, I'm capable of doing this. But for some reason, I don't do this. I basically can't get myself to do this. And that is what I mean by resistance. This is something we all experience. We, we resist things for no apparent reason. Like I said, we were capable of doing it and we want to do it and it's probably gonna be good for you, but somehow there's this resistance. And sometimes this feels like resistance. Sometimes this feels like I can't get myself to do this. Sometimes it sounds, you know, maybe you just have a reasonable sounding excuse. But really, it's this intangible thing. It's this thing where you just can't get yourself to do the thing that you really want to and should be doing. And needless to say, the more this happens, the worse off you are, the more instances of good advice you encounter that you can't get yourself to implement, the worse off you'll be. And as an entrepreneur, if you get good at overcoming this resistance, that will make you a better and more effective entrepreneur. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about this in a very specific context, which is the context of video marketing. Okay, we're talking about the idea of recording and publishing videos of yourself. However, even if you aren't interested in video marketing, if you have ever wanted to publish something, a piece of content, a landing page, a video, a product, a course, a newsletter, anything, and you felt that resistance, this episode is for you. So you can basically just think of everything we talk about that relates to video marketing, just relates to any kind of creative work that you put out there. So I'm sure that this will be a super helpful episode for you. I know that this is a problem that so many entrepreneurs struggle with, something that comes up again and again when I, when I talk to people who are running their own businesses and starting their own businesses. And I think you'll find some very, very useful advice here. And we're trying to present this advice in such a way that it won't be the kind of advice where you go, yes, I want to and should do this, but I can't get myself to. Now, you can get all the show notes for this episode, including links to any resources we mention, by going to activegrowth.com forward slash 31 activegrowth.com forward slash 31 there you can also leave us a comment either a written comment or a voice message so if you have any questions if you have anything else you'd like to learn from us or have any feedback for us you can do that right there that is activegrowth.com forward slash 31 and with that let's get into the episode i'm shane malach and i am hannah
And if you are a follower of Active Growth, you might know that I do quite a lot of video content. And in fact, I have been doing video content for a long time. And I encourage people to create videos quite often. Not so much actually if you're, you know, if you look at Active Growth, the site, the blog, we haven't really talked about video marketing lately a lot. Uh, maybe we should. But if you know me in person, chances are that at some point I've talked you into recording videos of yourself. And there are various reasons for this. I think that making videos is, first of all, video marketing is great. It's been, it's been really good for me. Uh, I think it's a great channel for communication and marketing. But also I think making videos of yourself, recording yourself is one of the best ways to improve your communication skills. And then as we've talked about in previous episodes, you know, good communication skills that then really benefits many, many areas of your business and your life. But there's also something very interesting about specifically making videos. Because if you think about this right now, let's say that we have a conversation and I talk you into making videos. Let's say that I convince you, yes, this is something you should do, that this would be good for you and your business. And you should do this. But imagine what it would feel like if right now you were sitting in front of a camera, the lens pointing straight at you, the little red record light blinking, and you're supposed to talk to this camera now and then you know explain something or just talk about something related to your business. And then you're supposed to upload that to YouTube for the world to see. Now, a lot of people, even just listening to this, will have sweaty palms, right? And some people will be listening to this and be like, no, this doesn't bother me at all because I know for sure I will never ever do this, never. Because you're just basically, it's terrifying. There's something terrifying about it. People are incredibly afraid of public speaking and recording a video and uploading it is kind of like public speaking. So this is one of the things that then comes up when I, when I tell people they should make videos or when I work with people who want to start making videos, then this often comes up. It's like, how, how do you get yourself to do this, right? You're sitting there super nervous. How do you get yourself to actually record this and actually upload this? And a question I've been asked in many different contexts is, is basically that like for, for me, when I got started, how did I overcome this? How did I get over this massive feeling of resistance of creating what is basically a crappy video, your first video is gonna be crap, and then uploading it anyway. And that is what we're going to talk about in today's episode, exactly the things I did and the things you can do to overcome this kind of resistance. You already made a very interesting distinction there, Shane, between recording the video and actually uploading that video, because it's one of those things where a lot of people are like, okay, yes, I'm gonna do this, but then it just, they never upload it, right? It's never for the world to see. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about here, how you can actually get that out there. Yeah. And it's for sure this, it's kind of this stage fright, because if you're talking to a friend about something related to your business, you probably have no problem, right? And if you, if you tell yourself, or, you know, if you sit in front of a camera and you don't record, or you record and you tell yourself, I'm just going to delete this right away. This is never going to be uploaded again. It's probably going to be much easier <laughs> to make that video, but it's the moment where you're like, okay, this is for publishing for the world to see. That's where the fear sets in. And that's where this resistance comes in. Now, like I said, in the intro, this is, we're, we're talking about this in the context of making videos, because that's where you most clearly feel 
this resistance. But the same thing, just in to a lesser extent, will also keep you from publishing, you know, whatever else, publishing blog posts or or an app that you've been working on, or just publishing your business, publishing your product to the world, right? It's the same kind of fear that can hold you back. And so even if you don't plan to make videos yourself, uh, if that's the case, I'll try to convince you another time. Uh, even if you don't plan to make videos yourself, this episode will help you overcome a certain kind of resistance. The ego is a frightened, pathetic, grasping creature. This is a quote by Terence McKenna, a man who has said many wonderful and crazy things. And I don't agree with many of them, but this is one I do agree with. The ego is a frightened, pathetic, grasping creature. I start with this quote here because I think the ego plays a huge role in this resistance. Right? You feel uncomfortable recording a video or let alone publishing it. And it's because your ego is basically interfering. So in this context, what I mean is the, the ego is that fearful animal part of your brain that is constantly feeling under threat. It's the part of your brain that's constantly telling you, oh, better not do this, better be careful, you know, better play it safe. Don't put yourself out there, right? In, in anatomical terms, this would be the amygdala in your brain, you know, basically just firing off like crazy saying, no, 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 don't do this, we're afraid. So the ego is basically saying, look, th your survival here is important. And by putting yourself out there, by doing something like speaking in public or recording and uploading a video of yourself, your social standing in the tribe is uh, threatened, right? If you make a fool of yourself, or if you do something that's out of the ordinary, and most people don't do this, right? So if you put yourself out there, you make yourself vulnerable, you might make a fool of yourself. And if you do this too much, you might get expelled from the tribe. And that is terrible, you could die. Uh, that's, that's our evolutionary brain, right? Thinks that this is how it still works. And therefore, do nothing out of the ordinary, right? Don't stand out. Don't do anything as stupid as making a video of yourself, you know, where everyone can see you and judge you. Just like, just keep your head down and survive. That's, <laughs> that's where this comes from, right? I think this is just Just to be clear, like, you're not gonna die if you make a video and upload it to YouTube. <laughs> yes. And, and, this is, and this is part of the problem, right? It's like, even if you know this, it's like, well, yeah, I'm probably not gonna die. And even you also don't think of it like that. You don't think, oh my God, my life is in danger. But it's like this part of your brain is like, no, it is. It seriously is. Don't do this, <laughs> right? <laughs> so another thing to say here is that this doesn't always feel like fear. And like I said, you don't actually feel like your life is in danger. And you might actually have it this might actually feel very very different but we'll we'll get to that in a bit now if we think about it like this this is the the, the source of this is basically our ego or it's it's this kind of primal part of our brain trying to protect us and there are probably many things you could do and you might think of to kind of control this fear response or to somehow appease it or to calm yourself down or whatever but the thing is for me i actually didn't struggle with this problem even in my earliest and crappiest videos, and they were very, very crappy, I didn't, I never perceived this as a difficult struggle. And it's not that I didn't have these fears, right? It's not that I was just like, oh yeah, I'm making a video, it's all good. It's just that I had a stronger reason. So quite simply, the way this works for me is that even from the very first video I ever made, it was more important to me to get my message out there 
then basically the fear of making a fool of myself or the fear of you know just having the video judged by other people. So I cared more about saying the thing I wanted to say than about whether my video would get a lot of views or whether it would get disliked or whether I would look like an idiot. Basically, I had a strong reason why. And I think that's that's super important to have. I think that is the, the number one thing that has that did in the past and still does to this day motivate me to create content is that um, I have the perfectionist reflex for sure. Um, I, I'm always very aware of the shortcomings of my content. But whenever I publish content, it's because the thing I want to say is more important to me than whether I look like an idiot. I actually had a very similar experience, I guess, when, when I started uh, doing videos, because the reason I started with, with video marketing was because I, I needed to build a brand from scratch and I needed to do it quickly and I needed to stand out. And I knew that by writing blog posts, just like everybody else, it would take me much longer to, to get that brand awareness and basically to build up um, my audience and so on. And that's my why for doing videos. Doing the videos was more important than not doing the videos <laughs> because building building that brand and building that website and building the audience was more important than the fear of actually getting in front of the camera. Um, now, there's, there's one other thing that's maybe a little bit sneaky and not everybody will be able to relate to that, but um, I was doing videos in French, which is not my mother language. And I actually much rather preferred talking in another language than writing in another language, because um, it's it's much easier when somebody hears that you have an accent and so on, then they are more forgiving about the errors that you make <laughs> rather than in writing. And then you have like the grammar police coming to, to hit you, right? So maybe for me, that was also one of the reasons why I was like, okay, I'd rather be speaking even if it's in front of a camera, <laughs> then having to write out everything in French. But that's just something specific. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's very specific to, to this case of a second language. But I think this could be true for other people as well, where you might find it actually in speaking, if you're not thinking about speaking in the context of being recorded or something, you might find that, oh yeah, I actually find it easier to express myself just talking than writing. So I think this could apply to people as well, even without the language factor. I also think that it's very interesting what you just told us, because it shows that it's a very different example of the same thing that I've been talking about, which is you have you had a very clear, strong conviction of something that helped you overcome this resistance. And for me, it was more about the message, but for you, it was more like, let's say, tactical, right? You had very clearly thought out why video rather than writing. And I think your your thing about like the sneaky addition of this is actually easier than writing or more pleasant than writing is also, it is kind of almost a way to trick your brain into saying, well, the alternative is worse, so we better do this, right? <laughs> but I think that the important thing here is that you, if you had just said, oh, I should do videos, but without any kind of strong conviction, you know, maybe just some guru told you make videos and you're like, okay, I should do this, then you wouldn't have these tools at your disposal to overcome the resistance. And it's because you had this very clear idea of these are the reasons why video is going to help me in ways that writing blog posts or doing something else is not going to help me. And that then becomes this strong, like you say, the very strong reason why that helps overcome the resistance. 
maybe for context, we should also say, so the, what you did there, this was before you started working for Thrive Themes, was you built your own brand in the French market. And I think you, did you do weekly videos? Is that what you did? Yeah. So for, uh, for a year, I actually did one video a week, which was very short videos about something marketing related because my audience was uh, online entrepreneurs. And I was also selling like online courses and so on. And the, the little videos were basically nuggets of, of knowledge that would attract my ideal audience of people that would then be interested in taking a longer course about online marketing. I think another interesting thing there is that you did weekly videos, which is also something I did early on. I did a, a weekly like update video for my subscribers. And this is another thing that can help overcome the resistance. Not so much initially, you know, for the first video, it doesn't help. But if you basically tell yourself and you tell your subscribers, you know, check back for weekly videos, then after a while, it just becomes the thing that you do. For me, it was on Sundays, I did this. And so it's just like on Sundays, I make videos. I don't have to make an extra decision about this. I don't have to like be like, oh my God, where do I fit this in? Should I do it today? Should I not do it? It's like, no, I make a video every week and it's on Sunday. End of story. Yeah, exactly. I did a video every Friday. Now I was batch filming because that was just easier. But again, it was very clear to my audience that every Friday there would be a, a video coming out. And I remember, I think I missed one week in, uh, in the 52 weeks. And basically, um, then you have your audience asking like, oh, but where where's this week's video? So definitely it's, I think we talked about it when we were talking about procrastination, but having a set schedule, not having to think about it and announcing it publicly that this is something that you're going to do definitely helps to keep on going with this basically my next piece of advice here is to start with tutorials i think using tutorials making tutorial videos is kind of a soft approach into you know easing yourself into making videos and later making more kind of speaking directly to the camera um, videos that are, let's say, where the spotlight is more on you. I also want to mention this, that my most of my early videos were tutorial videos. And if you were thinking before, if I say, well, my the, for me, the message, getting the message out there was more important than my ego. If you're thinking, oh, wow, he must have had some world-changing, you know, deeply important message. It's like, no, it, it doesn't have to be that, right? Like my early videos, some of my early videos were about um, water cooling components. So uh, some of you may know, I used to have a, like an e-commerce store selling water cooling components for computers. And this can be, so setting up a water cooling system in a computer is, you know, fairly complicated thing to do. And so people need help with this. And so I would do a tutorial that's like, here's how to install uh, a water cooling component on your computer's processor. And I would show how to do it and explain how to do it, explain what to look out for in order to not break your computer, right? This kind of thing. So it's not like this is my life purpose and my mission and the thing that keeps me up at night. It's just that I know that some people want to know this. I know that some people don't know how to do this, but they want to learn. I know that I can teach them. And, you know, this was my community at the time. Like this, it was important to me to help these people out right? It's like, it's more like when I say my message is important, it's not like I want to change the world, even though that can be a strong driving factor, nothing against that. But it also can be, you know, my message, what's important to me is I'm helping my friends, right? I'm helping my friends figure this thing out. 
And that's important to me. Um, so that's that's something I want to emphasize. Like it, it doesn't have to be grandiose, right? It just has to be important to you personally. I remember watching a video that you sent me later on. I didn't see it at the time, um, but about how to put insulation around your, your microphone so that it doesn't oh, reverb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh man, that's such a good tutorial. I love that. <laughs> yes. Magnificent DIY tutorial from Shane Malach. Yeah. That's great. That was in my, that was in one of my paid courses, actually. Yeah, uh, but that was an example. You know, it's just like me and the cardboard box and some tape and stuff. Going, look, here's how you <laughs> build this box around your microphone so that you have better audio quality and and exactly this kind of thing. And for me, it's like I get invested in what I do, and so maybe that's also part of this. You know, I get invested in what I do. Like if I'm if I spend time thinking about audio quality, I really think about audio quality, right? I get into it, and <laughs> and it becomes really important to me, and so. I get invested in in helping people get a great result. In that case, you know, get a great result on a very low budget. This is important to me, right? That's what I mean when I say my message is important to me. And it does help people out. I mean, that's that's the goal of the message. And so you manage to to reach that goal, basically. Exactly. So tutorials are great for that because it's it's usually easy whatever your market is it's usually easy to figure out okay what are some things that people struggle with you know what are maybe some tools that, that I use on a day-to-day -day basis that that I can help people understand how to how to use them what are some yeah what are some problems that I can help people with with a tutorial and I think it makes it easier on you in terms of that resistance because when you're creating a tutorial it's not like you're telling your life story or conveying a personal message or expressing a personal belief. And those are things where you're on the spotlight, right? Um, that can really trigger that fear of, oh my God, what will people think of me, right? What, is this too controversial? If I tell people my, my beliefs and my convictions and tell them my story, is this, you know, will I, will I offend people? Will I bore people even worse, right? What if people are bored? <laughs> so, it, because it's all about me then. And so I wouldn't start with the kind of video where you are kind of, you know, explaining your life philosophy to the camera or even like the, you know, kind of daily vlogging kind of thing where you are just like filming yourself doing things where the spotlight is just on you. And you feel like if someone gives that video a dislike on YouTube, it feels like a personal insult, right? Exactly. I think that's the big difference. It's that the reactions, because it is personal content, the reactions that you will get is also personal. So with a tutorial, if people think that your water cooling component, whatever tutorial is boring, you can just be like, yeah, well, water coolers, not the most exciting <laughs> yeah. topic, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. Uh, but if if you're standing there and being like, oh, this is something that I learned and, and this is my life purpose and whatever and somebody's like nah boring kind of hard to accept yeah and so also in terms of the goal right if you make this kind of personal video then it's more like well you know i, I want to reach people with this and, and i kind of I, I kind of want approval right there was the goal with a tutorial is the way i think about it is the goal of a tutorial is i want to help one person solves this problem right if there's one single person who watches my tutorial video and it helps them do something that they couldn't do before then that's a successful video no matter what else happens with that video and this is by the way still the case if you i've just recently published three videos on how to use trello uh, as productivity app right uh, and you can watch these videos and you'll see that just watch these videos and notice how they aren't about me 
right? These videos are not about me. <laughs> in fact, these videos are about you. These videos are about you and Trello. And I think you can see that this kind of thing is, this is what I'm talking about, right? It's like, I'm not in the spotlight of these videos and it's easier to make such a video. There's one other advantage with the tutorial videos is that because you are showing something, either you're filming maybe what you're doing with your hands, like I was doing with, with the sewing videos, or you were probably doing with the water cooling where you're actually like filming the computer and, and showing how to do stuff. And, and or maybe you're screencasting something, so it's software that you're showing. So the, the spotlight literally is also not on you. You can not show your face in those parts of the videos, even though we will always try to get you front of the camera because it helps for that connection with your audience. But you could say, okay, I'm only doing a small introduction. I'm only doing a small outro. And in the middle, I'm just filming my hands or my screen or whatever you're showing. So it's also literally much easier to not be in the spotlight because the people are not looking at you particularly. So let's talk about what I would call the social media problem, because this is all something that as I was thinking about this topic, you know, why was this never as difficult for me as it seems to be for many people? Because I think a trick that I had and still have up my sleeve is that I am not involved in any social media in any personal way. So there are no social media accounts that I use personally. There are social media accounts for businesses. I don't use those either, but basically... I am not involved in social media. And that means that I never got caught up in this whole thing of, you know, caring about how many likes or upvotes something gets or how many connections or friends or whatever I have, right? I think of this like, you know, I, I never started smoking, so I never had the problem of having to quit smoking, right? And I never started social media, so I've never had my brain get tangled up in all this kind of chasing of social currency and all this kind of stuff. And that is also something that I think is, is important here because the more you are caught up in that kind of way of thinking, the, the, more, um, the more strongly you are a social media user, the more likely you are to really fear this kind of judgment, right? To really fear, you know, what happens if I publish a video and it doesn't get enough likes or whatever. And I also think that, again, everything we talked about just before will help with that as well, right? It's... I think for that, it is very important to initially don't put the spotlight on yourself um, because you might already be doing that in a form on social media and you might be caught up in this whole thing where, where you're seeking validation and you're, you know, you have your, all this fear of not enough validation, all this stuff that I, you know, I read about anyway. Apparently people suffer from this greatly. <laughs> Apparently it's a problem for certain people. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so, yeah. Um, anyway, so I think that's that's something if you're if you're caught up in that and then you make like a, a video with you in the spotlight, I can understand how that would you know be terrifying. So again, basically everything we talked about before, try to shift your focus on helping one person, right? And this is also uh, something that I think is important in in the way you communicate. A typical example, and this is an example you had as well, Hannah, actually, uh, is that as soon as you started recording video, you switched into what I call your stewardess voice, <laughs> right? So <laughs> I can still speak in my stewardess voice if you need to. <laughs> exactly. So, so 
which is kind of funny. So it's like as soon as as soon as you knew, okay, I'm I'm being on video, I'm recording on video. It's like you change the way you speak, um, and it's usually better to just speak as if you were speaking to a friend, as if you were speaking to one person. But it's it's very normal, right? The stewardess voice thing with you, it was just quite funny because your stewardess voice is like so different from your normal voice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually quite normal for people to do that. Like as soon as they're on stage or in front of a crowd, they suddenly speak in ways that they would never talk to their friends, right? It's like you, you take on this oratory style that is basically weird and so i don't know what thing. you're talking about shane this is absolutely <laughs> how i'm used to talking normally and this is also how i'm recording the whole podcast from now on <laughs> i like it it's like it's like an elevator somehow I feel like <laughs> I'm in, in an elevator <laughs> anyway <laughs> so anyway i think that's great i think i think you have a great suit as well um <laughs> but yeah it's 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 one of those things where uh, it can make it difficult, right? You suddenly feel like I have to play this role, which is different from the, the person I usually am. And uh, it, it all, everything feels strange. And if instead you just think about, I'm not making this for a huge crowd. I am, I am making this to help one friend solve one problem. Because let's be honest, in the beginning, it won't be for a huge crowd anyways. Like, I mean, your first videos weren't watched by thousands of people. N no. Nobody's first videos are probably watched <laughs> by thousands of people, unless you already have like a huge audience. But most of the time, it's just you and your mom watching those videos. Exactly. Exactly. Which is which is really good, right? Because you don't, you don't have to be that afraid. It's like, it's one of those things, you know, it's like... <laughs> It's like when, when women are afraid to go to the gym because they're like, oh my God, what if I blow up and I become huge and muscular and square, right? It's like, no, this is not, nobody has this problem, right? People would like to have this problem. That's, oh, I went to the gym once and now I'm hugely muscular. It's almost <laughs> like this fear of, oh, I published a video and- And it's it gonna go viral. Billion view yeah, it does <laughs> a billion views. Everybody saw it, everybody saw it, right? Um, nobody has this problem. This is not a real problem. <laughs> Now, there is another real problem that I want to talk about because um, I think this is something that's really different between women and men, which is that when I started thinking about videos and, and deciding that this was something that I really wanted to do, one of the things that I was really afraid about was to get uh, comments about my appearance. And I mean, anybody who ever published anything on YouTube knows that that's a reality and also knows that, um, well, women get more comments on their appearance than men. And that was... Well, hold on. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad you bring this up because I, men basically get no comments on their appearance whatsoever. Exactly. Right? I've made, I've published like thousands of videos at this point. Nobody's ever said, oh, this guy looks cute. And maybe, okay, maybe it's just that I'm not very cute, but that's besides the point. It's like, because we see this a lot, right? On, on Thrive Themes videos, when it's me in the video, basically everybody just comments about the content. But when it's you or Steph in the video, then there's always comments of people saying, oh my God, you look so cute, or I want to marry you or some such thing. And, and look, we delete those for the most part, you know, when we find them, we delete them. So you won't see this, but we see it. This is, <laughs> this is really strange. I have to say it's really strange. And I'm glad you bring this up because it, yeah, it's, it really is different for women. Yeah, that it, it is a reality. I mean, we delete at least one comment on, on every YouTube video of somebody giving 
comments on your appearance for the good or for the bad and and it's it's just one of those things i mean when you start making videos it's super uncomfortable to get like you already feel pretty self-conscious about being on video and as a woman like you will probably put on makeup and 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 that's a whole other story because i know that we also had this discussion <laughs> with shane about like me when i want to record a video i'm gonna put on makeup and like you're not doing that and I, I put on a shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I put on clothes. Um, but it's it's like one of those things where it's just so much harder as a female to do this. And for me, like my um, mind hack or whatever, when I started with this uh, face-to-camera videos, I actually decided this was one of the biggest reasons <laughs> why I decided to talk to a female audience. Because I knew I wanted to do videos. I knew that it was the way to get my name out there and so instead of um just starting doing these youtube videos for a random audience i decided to do this for uh, female entrepreneurs so that at least in my mind i could imagine that were women watching the video and like even though we're very harsh on each other in real life (laughs) we don't leave harsh comments on youtube (laughs) so of course, I mean it's it's kind of ridiculous because the videos are on YouTube's and on YouTube anyways and it's not as if only women are watching them but because I was speaking to a female audience and most of the people following me were women at least for me it was like one of those things where I could more easily get over that and it allowed me to now after doing 50 plus videos uh, for what was in my head a female audience to not be Uh, self-conscious about this anymore and to do the videos for Thrive Themes and then to see somebody commenting on whatever they want to comment on and then just be like oh that's so cute you're sitting behind your computer commenting on my appearance you would never ever ever have the courage to come see me in real life delete yeah yeah so that's that's really something that um, I have to say women have it have it harder there because it's like that fear like part of that fear of I will be judged uh, no matter what I talk about, it's like I will be personally judged is, I think, just truer for women than for men. Also, I think that this thing that you said about, you know, you make videos for a female audience and then you imagine that only women see it. I think to in part that's true because, I mean, I noticed this a lot that I just get almost no exposure to female entrepreneurs and marketers. And it's not because I'm not interested. I think it's just that because all these tools we use, like YouTube and all this stuff, uses these algorithms to determine what what to show us, right? And for some reason, YouTube will just consistently decide to show me videos about business and entrepreneurship that feature men and not videos that feature women. It's not like I ever said, I don't want to see these. It just somehow it decides that this is what it's going to do. So I think it's actually true to some degree that you will probably have a mostly female audience if you you know, if you brand yourself as being for women, I think it, it works. You know, this is where the kind of the, 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 the bubbles that we're all sitting inside online work in your advantage. Earlier on, I said that if you have this fear of publishing, you have this resistance, it doesn't always feel like fear. And that's probably the trickiest situation is when it doesn't feel like fear, it feels like reason right you're you're not thinking oh my god i'm so terrified of doing this you're thinking 
well, I would do this, but I don't have time or, you know, this or that or the other. It's like you're, you're thinking that it's perfectly reasonable. You have a reason not to do it. But that's where this becomes interesting, where, you know, some things you decide to do them and you just do them. And some things you decide to do them and then you don't do them and you make excuses instead. And that's like an interesting, like psychological thing. So one of the things I want to address here is if you are thinking, oh, my reason for not publishing this video or not making this video in the first place is not because I'm afraid or because of my ego or whatever. It is simply because it's not good enough. No, it's because I don't have a professional camera, Shane. Oh, and yes, I don't have the professional camera. I don't have the right setup yet. And I'm going to get this, that and the other. And then, then it's going to be good enough. And what I want to say here is that this is 100% your ego talking. This is 100% fear-based. It's just dressed up as reason. And we've talked about this before. Uh, you can listen to episode nine of this podcast. You can go to activegrowth.com forward slash nine to find it. We've talked about um, procrastination by perfectionism. So where essentially you're always going, well, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. That's the reason I'm not doing it. So if that's your problem, definitely go listen to episode nine. We, we dive deep into this problem and how to solve it. But I just wanted to mention that here. And I just want to also reiterate, and I want to tell a story about this as well, because you have to be aware that it will never feel good enough. You will never get to that point where you're like, yes, now it's good enough. Now I'm going to publish it. This idea of it has to be good enough first is literally like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You know, it's a, no matter how far you go towards the end of the rainbow, you will never get there. And I have experienced this personally very much. So I want to give you an example of uh, how this, this kind of problem, this is my resistance that I still have and that I basically have to routinely overcome. Every time you see a video I've made or something I've made, I have overcome this, <laughs> this kind of resistance to some degree. Recently, I have been working on the outline of a new productivity course. So I'm working on a, on a new version of Focus and Action. I'm not sure, maybe I'll call it a different name, but years ago, about six years ago, I published a productivity course for entrepreneurs and I called it Focus and Action. And right now I'm working on kind of a new version of that, although it's gonna be a completely different product. But again, it's basically gonna be a how to be more productive product, a course that teaches how to be more productive. And it's quite interesting to see this contrast, you know, six years ago, I did it the first time and now I'm doing it again. Because I remember exactly six years ago, how I was feeling that, well, yes, people are asking me for, for a productivity course. People are constantly asking me, how do I get so many things done and so on, but I'm not really good enough yet, right? I'm not really productive enough. I don't really have a solid enough system. I don't think I can really teach this. I first need to read more books and learn more things and experiment more, and then I'll make a course, right? And I had to talk myself out of this. I had to overcome this and make this course anyway. And this is interesting for, for several reasons, because first of all, so I made this course, even though I felt like I wasn't really good enough. And this course was very well received. People who took this course, I basically got only positive feedback. And some people told me that it, it really made a huge difference for them, you know, that it kind of changed their lives and the way they work. So it would have been a shame not to produce it, right? It would have been a shame not to do that and deprive those people of that benefit. And when I look at it now, when I look back at this course, I can clearly see how 
how incredibly much better I've gotten at everything that I talk about there. But right now, when I work on this course, I still feel like, well, it's not really good enough yet. <laughs> I still feel like I th it's the exact same. It's like the same tape playing in my mind, you know? Well, you know, my system isn't really solid enough. I'm not really that productive. I should read some more books about it, blah, blah, blah. I've heard it all <laughs> before exactly six years ago. And this is insane because me now, I could go back, if I could have a conversation with the Shane from six years ago, I could... I could be like, yes, you have some good ideas about productivity, but I can help you take this to a totally different level. So it's clear to me that I got so much better in the meantime. And I know that the course I made then was valuable to people. And yet still the same voice is playing in my head. For me, it doesn't matter which topic of e-course. It doesn't even matter if it's a free e-course or a paid e-course. I make the course. Because usually I'm I'm pretty convinced about like the fact that okay yes I'm gonna make this course and and I just get them working and and usually I film the course and then I'm like this is crap, right? <laughs> this like <laughs> nobody nobody wants to see this nobody like nobody is gonna pay me for this if it's a paid course this is not exactly like you're saying this is not good enough this is I need to I need to add more stuff I need to whatever and. It's funny because I just now I just know that I'm going to hit this this wall basically yeah. and it's like oh here we go again. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I think that's another thing to to realize here. As far as I know, this will never go away. And this is also something that I've I've heard uh, from many people who do, you know, professionally speak on stage that they say I still get stage fright. Every time I go on stage like before I have sweaty palms, I'm nervous. And then, you know, after a minute or so on stage, everything's fine. But I still get the fear, right? And so I think this is also one of those things. Don't expect that you will get to the point where it's like, yes, I always feel perfect about this. I always feel 100% confident about everything I record and publish. Everything's fine. Right? It's, no, it's just like you learn to tango with this part of your brain that says, don't do it, right? And like, oh, it's you again. Great. Okay. Yes, I know. You know, okay. It's, it's almost like having an argument with, with, you know, with a relative where it's like, oh, it's, it's my crazy uncle, right? Okay. Yes. Uh, tell me all your crazy ideas. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, fine. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go on with my life now. Right. <laughs> so it's a bit like that, right? It's like, yeah, sure. All this stuff's going on in my head and I'm just going to publish it anyway. And that discussion becomes much easier if the reason that you publish anyway is because I know this is valuable content. I want to get this message out there. I'm building my brand and this is why I want to be in front of the camera. So again, we're, we're getting back to this why in the end to, to overcome this chatter in your mind. That seems like completely reasonable reasons for not being in front of the camera. If you have your why where you can actually answer those reasons, then it will be easier to overcome that fear that's been hiding. So let's wrap this up and talk about what exactly to do to overcome this problem. So I think in summary, like you just said, right, it basically all comes down to the same thing. And I think one of the things you can deliberately do here is you can be very clear about, you know, what you care about here. What is the outcome you care about? And what I like to do when I say be deliberate about something, what I usually mean is, is write it down, you know, write down somewhere. This is why I'm making this video. This is 
what I'm looking for. Because if you've written it down, you're like, the reason I'm making this video is because it will help me do this, that, and the other. The reason I'm making this video is because I want to help people solve this problem. And the goal of this video is to help one person solve this one problem. And you've written that down. You made it very clear. So it's not some vague idea in your head where it's like, oh, wait, does this, have to, you know, does this have to go viral? Does it have to make me a superstar? Do I have to look great in this video? No, no, no. It's you've written down exactly this is what I care about. And it will make it much easier then to, to kind of get your focus on the right things and not be jerked around by these fear responses and excuses. And like we said, start with something like a tutorial explain something that seems easy to you but isn't easy to other people so that your early content isn't about you uh, think very clearly about a single recipient of your message right think about one person who watches your video and follows your advice what do you want for that one person and you can maybe think about a friend even right someone you care about and think about that is my audience this is who i'm making this for and another thing i also want to mention is that you know maybe if you have this if this doesn't work for you, if you do all this and you're still like sitting there going, I, I just don't want to do this, then maybe you need to change topics. Because I think if you don't care more about getting your message out than you care about like protecting your ego, well, maybe you just got to find something you care more about, right? And like I said before, that doesn't mean it has to be like a more important, more world-changing thing. It just has to be something that's more important to you. And then finally, definitely do videos. Even though everything we talked about doesn't only apply to making videos, it applies to publishing anything because publishing is always putting yourself out there. But definitely do videos, uh, especially if you're scared of it because it is a great exercise. It is a great exercise in, in overcoming your fears. It's a great exercise in improving your communication skills. And video marketing, like using video as a marketing channel can be super helpful. We'll probably talk about this more maybe in future episodes or on the blog. But yeah, for sure. If you haven't made videos yet, start doing videos. And that wraps up our episode. So I hope you enjoyed this and I hope you can walk away from this with some useful advice that will make an actual difference, right? So don't let this be one of the things that you resist. And one of the things that comes to mind here is, I'm actually not sure what the source of this quote is. But remember someone telling me something like, the obstacle to your task is your task. So the thing that's preventing you from doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing, that becomes your task. And I recommend that you treat resistance like that. Right? The, the thing that's, that's holding you back from doing what you know you should be doing, Treat that as the problem. That's the primary problem you need to be solving. And I hope that what we talked about in this episode can help you do that. Now I've got two more things here before we come to the end. And the first is I actually have to issue a slight correction to something I said on this podcast. So basically I said I'd never gotten a comment about my appearance, but that's actually not quite true because on a recent video on YouTube, I got a comment that a totally straight-faced comment that said, Shane is a handsome man who looks like a vampire and is full of wisdom, which I think is great. Um, I think that's a wonderful comment. I honestly don't know if it was meant as a joke or if someone's just sincerely calling me a wise vampire, but I think that's, that's wonderful. I just wanted to mention that because it's funny. Uh, it actually, if anything, shows further the problem of like the difference of being a man versus a woman and, and putting yourself out there. Because, so even though this is a comment about my appearance, it's not creepy. It's not, you know, it's, it's basically just funny 
and, and silly, but it's, it's not, it's just not the same kind of comment that we get on, on the videos on Thrive Themes where there's a female presenter. Um, like Hannah mentioned, there's basically always at least someone. And it's not like this. It's not funny. It's, it's always unpleasant. Uh, and yeah, I think that's, that's just one of the things where, you know, I wish I could present a solution to this problem. But I think the truth is that if you are female and you do this, it's just like the difficulty level is higher, right? It's like your difficulty setting. If this was a video game, if you're a woman and you want to publish videos, it's like the, the easiest difficulty setting you can choose is hard. <laughs> and for men, they can choose an easier difficulty setting. And I think that's just something we have to deal with right now. It's basically unfair. But also, I think what you'll see with many amazing um, female you know, YouTube personalities and marketing personalities and, and basically female, let's say, online celebrities who put themselves out there a lot, you know, this is a problem you can overcome. And I think Hanne and Steph on our team demonstrate this as well. So it's definitely something you can overcome, but we have to acknowledge that it's going to be a little bit more difficult for women to do this. The second thing I wanted to mention is that is a follow-up on the episode 26 of this podcast, where we talked about the large-scale attention game. If you haven't listened to this yet, definitely go check it out. That is activegrowth.com forward slash 26. This is a very important thing that is happening on the internet and to the world at large. And I think you must know about this and be aware of this in order to be able to formulate a good strategy for your own business. So there is an update here. We talked about how basically people's attention is being taken up by all these mostly smartphone apps and large you know, social networks and things. All of these things are vying for every possible second of your attention. And that's basically not a good thing. If they succeed or the more they succeed, the more these internet giant companies succeed at capitalizing your attention, the less in control you are of your own life and your own time. And that is, well, it kind of points us towards a dystopian black mirror like future. And so it was a bit, there was a bit of doom and gloom in this episode when we talked about this, of course. One thing I wanted to mention here is that what I find very encouraging is to see how Google have made this a topic in their latest or in their upcoming Android version, Android P, they've actually included several features that are all meant to help you kind of disconnect from your phone. So there are more advanced, you know, do not disturb functions. The function where you can make your screen go black and white at a certain time of day and where you can also stop notifications coming in. So it makes your phone less attractive to you essentially. And they have a slew of features like this that are supposed to help you, for example, you know, get sleep instead of staying up staring at your phone until late into the night and basically just help you kind of untangle yourself from your phone. Now look, I'm as suspicious as the next person when a gigantic corporation says, here's something we did for the good of the world, right? But I do think this is this is a good sign. We'll have to see, you know, whether this becomes a trend. I hope so. We'll have to see what this is actually like in practice. But I think it's very encouraging to see that a company like Google, you know, is looking at this topic and is doing something about it. They're not just going, well, it's not our problem, right? They're actually doing something that looks to me like more than lip service to help with this problem. So that is an encouraging add-on to episode 26 of this podcast. 
All right, and that is it for the extra notes for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening and head over to activegrowth.com forward slash 31 to leave a comment or a voice message. Get in touch. Let us know what questions and feedback you have. Thank you very much and I'll catch you in the next one.